Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Volkswagen Newsroom, the Canadian Premier League Newsroom, brought to you by Volkswagen. We reflect on a historic Canadian Premier League final tonight. In today's show, we will paint the picture of the CPL final from all different angles. We're going to get the player view, the coach's view, the stadium host's view, the journalist's view, the commentator's view, the analyst's view, and just as importantly, the view from the stands. It's the only way for me to give a game like that real justice. As distance eventually fades between the final whistle and this beautiful life continues to give us other things to celebrate, I just felt today it was incredibly important to hear from all these guests to leave a fresh mark on what was game 117, but undoubtedly uh, the most dramatic and talked about Canadian Premier League game in its short five-year history. We start with our journalist correspondence and we bring in our guests as usual. Charlie O'Connor Clark is here. We'll have Mitchell Tierney joining us shortly. Charlie, great to see you again. And you've been there from day one, my friend. Uh, mm -hmm. We just have to start with, uh, and I'd love everybody else's comments if you're joining us live, uh, and we'll certainly read those out as well. Uh, just the simple question um, How will you remember that one? I think the thing that will last longest with me from this game is the amount of times during extra time that I looked at somebody at pitch at pitch side, a different person, and they made the same face, you know, the wow, the, the same wordless expression that I saw on, on probably dozens of faces within those like 10 minutes uh, after the three goals and extra time, just that same awestruck, not quite able to wrap your head around expression of of what is going on right now um, i've been fortunate enough to cover all five canadian premier league finals uh four of them in person and this was unlike anything i've ever seen uh and i think I, it, it'll stay with me for a very long time it should you just reminded me when you said we're on the sidelines i, I think in between 90 minutes and uh the beginning of the extra time um, I walked over and I said to you guys, okay, so penalties then. Uh, just goes to show you how foolish we really are when we try and predict these things. I, I also went and got my penalty notes ready, uh, my book, and uh, probably jinxed that one. Uh, talking of jinx, I didn't want to, I wasn't going to share this, but it just came up. So, walking out of the stadium has been one of the last ones to leave. Um, my family and I noticed a small thing by the bench as we were walking by, and it just happened to be. Marco Carducci's water bell with his penalty notes all over. No it. way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was almost a penalty shootout, but uh, the storyline was it didn't go that far. Um, we're going to get to some historic stats on talking about that shortly as well. Uh, let's bring in our other guest here, Mitchell Tierney, who is obviously another fantastic journalist for us. Mitch, great to see you. Um, question to you, the same one as opening for Charlie is... Uh, you know, I know you tried to put it in words as well for us all on Saturday night at campl.ca, but how will you uh, remember this one? We're not, we're not hearing Mitchell right now. He's, he's muted, so we'll try to unmute him there. And then, there we go. Go ahead, Mitchell. There we go. Sounds good. Hopefully, uh, like Tristan Borges, I, I come into this game late or come into this podcast late, but I'm able to deliver. Um, and that's probably the the moment uh, I'll remember is, you know, board just standing in front of those fans and, and just arms extended. And then again, Bobby Smirniotis after the match, turning around to the crowd and again, arms extended, just living up a moment. Two players who have been here 
since the very beginning um, at Forge and, you know, have done incredible things before and again, deliver and this time get to celebrate with their fans. You know, those those were probably plays that Borges would have done, uh, but the backdrop would have maybe looked a little different in the past and uh, maybe wouldn't have gotten such a positive reception. Um, certainly if you did that uh, at some of the other places where they played. Yeah, Jason says best CPL final ever. Thomas, our friend, the final to remember for a long time. Um, yeah, Arthur, you know, historic final, West CPL final, such an exciting finale. Get your comments in down the side. And as I said, we're going to be hearing from lots of different people over the next, you know, 60 to 90 minutes or so. And we start our player reaction going back to Tim Hortons Field on Saturday night with a post-game reaction with the hero of the night. Here is the man, Tristan Borges. I'm with the man of the moment, Ooh. Tristan Borges. Oh. Football is a beautiful thing, my friend. You and I have had a lot of conversations this season. I know it's not been easy. How are you feeling right now? <clears throat> First off, my voice already gone. Uh, speechless right now. Um, I can't, can't really explain how much we went through as a team as well. I don't think a lot of people understand how hard it is to reach another finals, let alone win it. But uh, what a team. Um, <laughs> every year I feel like I keep telling you the same thing, but just to have a team like this, so resilient, just keep going. You know, a lot of times everybody thought, you know, this is the year we're gonna go down and everything like that. But I mean, you know, kudos obviously to the staff, obviously to have a captain like Bex is unbelievable, you know, and all we do is win. So I, I don't I don't have any words to say right now. I'm gonna try and find more words from you if that's okay. Let's go to the moment. It's the corner, you run over there in front of your fans. First of all, did you mean it? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, now, second of all, what's going on when you when you decide to put a corner in like that? Have you worked on this? Have you seen something in the way that Cavalry set up? What goes through your mind when you strike that ball? The number one thing was just to try to put it on, on goal, uh, obviously on top of Carducci. Um, that was our goal. Um, and <laughs> obviously it worked. And that was... Uh, that was the number one thing we honestly wanted to do. Obviously, we had small little set place, uh, set pieces to, to run through, but in a moment like that, I think it's just about getting it on goal and seeing what happens. So, Big game players step up in big games. So you did it last year with an assist for a Jabra 4-3 kick, and you've done it again. What does it feel like to be that difference maker tonight and do it in front of your home fans for the first time? They really deserved it. Obviously, we know what happened last time we played at home in a, in a finals, and we know uh, it wasn't what they deserved, and, and uh, it was just about putting on a performance today, whoever stepped on and obviously whoever came in the field, right? So um, honestly, just speechless. These fans deserved uh, a win at home in the finals and uh, that's what they got and uh, we're so proud. Absolutely thrilled for you. Congratulations, Tristan. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Tristan Borges is more like DJ Khaled. All we do is win. What a goal. <laughs> what a shot. There's Bobby and Tommy oh. in complete disbelief as Forge takes the title again. 2-1. Reaction, of course, as always, throughout the show from One Soccer. Charlie, I'm going to lean on you first. You mentioned it covering it from day one. Uh, Tristan Borges was the hero and the man of the CPL in 2019. Yeah. Goes to Belgium, comes back in 2021, obviously had a decent season. Would admit that this has been his worst uh, through lots of different reasons. Injuries, I think he's only his second goal. Uh, but that just goes to show you that when the mo when the lights are the brightest, those players can still be relied on. That's exactly the thing. It's almost too perfect. I think that the script writers might have 
gone a little too crazy with this uh, this final because we could probably sit here and we could sit here for hours and talk about this game. We wouldn't touch on every single story that we could we could come out with it. But yeah, for Tristan Borges, this is the Forge Cavalry rematch. You know, the big heavyweight fight that we hadn't seen in a final since t- 2019. And in that first leg at Tim Horton Field in 2019, it was Tristan Borges who missed a penalty and then a few minutes later scored that screamer. Uh, and and really that ended up being the winning goal in that final. And as you said, it's been a very difficult season for Tristan. I think this was his second goal of the year for Forge, for a guy who has won the golden boot in this league before. Um, it, and and for him to have still have the confidence, despite the season he's had, to hit a ball in that way. And I think my favorite part, I, I've said this before, my favorite part of the the scenes and the shots of that goal is how he turns, he scores the goal, turns around, and he's got the hugest grin on his face. And you can see he he's desperate. He's like, oh my God, what just happened? And you can see him tell himself, no, 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 be cool, be cool. It's going to be a really cool photo. So he's like, like <laughs> mid-celebration, face goes completely dead. And he's like, completely deadpan. He did a really good job with that. And we ended up with the, the iconic photo. But He did a good job, but he also took a moment at one point to look over his shoulder knowing that he was about yeah. to just get mobbed. <laughs> he was about to get absolutely rocked. Um, <laughs> But he he is the guy, and, and he hasn't always been the guy for Forge this year. Um, guys like Benny Badibanga, who also scored the equalizer shortly before, have been more often the guy this year. But Tristan Borges, uh, it, it's just so perfect for him to be, uh, the uh, having been the player who helped give them their first championship, he's the player that gives them their first championship at home. Yeah, totally agree. A fitting hero. Mitch, you got to speak to both Borges and Baddy Banga afterwards as well. Uh, what was that emotional press conference like? And what was the overriding storyline out of those two chats, did you think? Well, I think first and foremost, it's pretty poetic um, it, that it happens like that for Tristan Borges, who, you know, his story is almost the story of Forge this season, where, you know, it was inconsistent. The pressure of the past maybe got to them a little bit. You know, they weren't always in every game. And then when the it mattered most, they delivered. So I thought that that was a little bit uh, beautiful in that way. But, you know, talking to Benny Badibanga and um, to Tristan Borges, I think the, the big thing coming out of it, first off, Betty Bonga mentioned, you know, when you see a guy like Borges getting ready to come into the game, you kind of instantly feel like, okay, something can happen here. They know the history, even the, the new guys coming in, they know where this club has been. They do a good job of, of you know, communicating that to the players. So they know Borges has done this in big moments before. And, you know, that's what it says about a winning club. Uh, Betty Bonga compared them to, to Real Madrid in the Champions League, where even when they go down in a moment like that, they always feel like they're going to get another chance to get back in in the match. So I thought that was very well said and, you know, really shows why Forge in these big moments are so prepared and are so dominant is because they've been there before. They know they can do this and they have that confidence that when they get rocked, you know, they can get up and, and throw a punch right back the other way. And more often than not, it lands. Yeah, they're very, very good at that, no doubt. And every credit. Barry Bang, I also spoke to afterwards as well. Has to be said that he made another cup final his career at Stanley Age. And that's the week before he's supposed to play in the game. He gets taken out in training and, and takes a, suffer, a serious injury and misses the cup final. So, like, this was his moment. This was his cup final that he's waiting for for so long. Another great story behind the goal that was able to get them back in the game. Uh, with more so with some more reaction, let's go back for on-field reaction with head coach and sporting director Bobby Spiniotis. Bobby Spiniotis, I, I think you pretty much thought you've seen everything in football until tonight. What do you make of this? A uh, match for the ages. Fantastic. Look at this atmosphere. 
uh, it's incredible. You know, I talked about it last year winning a final in Ottawa and our away fans there, and you look at this today and it's just magical. You go down by a, a wonder goal for Moosey and then you get two wonder goals yourself, but talk to me what you're thinking at the time when you're down a goal. First things first, quality players score quality goals, and we've seen three quality players in this league score three quality goals. Yeah, you know, I thought uh, we're under control and you get that goal and you immediately, as a coach and as a staff, we always have a plan ready to go and we put that plan into place and it works out. But uh, as brilliant as we think we are, Benny's done a great job on that goal and credit to the guys. It's fantastic. Bobby, you've won four of these in five years. You put your arms wide open to the crowd when you did it. Can you put that into words, what this means to you, what this city, what this entire franchise means to you? Yeah, you just turn around in that moment and, and you just look at this right here. It's, uh, it's fantastic, and uh, you have to acknowledge them. And yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. Sometimes people will ask me, you know, do you reflect on this stuff? Uh, this is five years, and it's, it's incredible. This club, this city, these fans, these players, the players, they're phenomenal. They've gone through their ups and downs this year. We've challenged them, and here we are again. Winning is incredibly hard, Bobby. You've made it contagious here in Hamilton. You're a winner again. Congratulations. Enjoy every moment. Thank you very much, Christian. That was Bobby Smaniotis afterwards. He's going to join us again live on this show later on uh, as well. I thought I had him, guys. He's a tough nut to crack, and I could see him going a little bit there. Uh, but Mitch, uh, mentality monsters, no? I mean, this is what he's created at Forge. And it has to be said, you know, we'll get to Cavalry a little bit later as well. But their desire and belief, even when they went down a goal, just showed exactly how to win the game. No, absolutely. And I think that this is a side, again, with that experience that is prepared for different scenarios in, in games like this. And that, that's such a big it's such a big thing, right? Because I think Tommy Golden Jr. put it best. You know, there's always something that's going to happen in a final and, and you do need a bit of luck. But, you know, you also need to be able to respond um, when the, that big moment does eventually come. And, you know, it took over 90 minutes for it to, to finally happen. But when when you know the first big moment of the match and i guess it wasn't the first because they made some big plays during uh, certainly tristan henry made some big saves in, in the lead up to keep them um you know in it during the 90 minutes but you know when they when they took that first blow they you know they responded um and yeah it's just incredible um what they've been able to do with this club and um just the belief that they have you know, over the course of a season Charlie, you've covered him a long time as well. It was nice to see some emotion from Bobby. I suppose you'd never get a better time to show it, but what impresses you the most about him and what he's done with this group? It's just how almost effortless it seems to win a, a championship. Obviously, and, and I don't mean that in a in a way of like it was it was easier or anything. I'm not not glossing over. This is a very difficult season for Forge, actually. Mm -hmm. But the way that Bobby kind of held it together and, and throughout the whole year he would never have let on that he was frustrated with anything. Um, and, and they, you know, still ended up at exactly the place they wanted to be going into this final at home. And we've been saying it all year that forge have that gear that, you know, they, they sometimes don't, don't get to sometimes they, uh, they keep that in a box and maybe that box got a little dustier than in other years this season, but, this was maybe the most 2023 Forge game we've seen. Like they, they played 15 home CPL games this year, including this final, and they scored an equalizer in nine of them. Right? I, I this this team that 
I mean, at all, almost plays with their food a little at times. Not, I'm not saying they did in this game either, but at, at times it's just sometimes they need that wake-up call. But again, there's so many difference makers on this team. They, Mitch mentioned Tristan Henry. They don't get to extra time without him uh, with some of his saves that he made, but then Batty Bank and Borges show up at the right time. And, and Smyrniotis obviously knows this group so well and they want to play for him so much. And, and you know that uh, the, the culture that they've established there and, and how how strong that group is and how professional and driven and, and focused they are in these big moments is just a, an immense credit to, to Bobby and, and his entire staff in Hamilton. It's always, it, it really is. Uh, look, we're going to hear from different sides of this final uh, a lot, as I said off the top, I can't let the journalist side go yet without talking about the opposite side of the coin. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, every thrilling moment also on the other side in sports is heartache. Uh, before we get your both of your take on Cavalry, I want to set this next interview up by saying this. Tommy Wilden Jr. knew that he had to speak to me after the game, win, lose, or draw. And he knew he probably had to do it about five minutes after the final whistle. In the end, he did this about two and a half minutes after the final whistle. We went with Tommy first and not Bobby because Bobby was somewhat distracted for a little bit, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but imagine doing something for you for whatever profession it is and reaching the real heights and having it right there for you and then being snatched away and then having a microphone stuck under your chin two minutes after. Here he is, Tommy Wilden Jr. with me after the game. Tommy, your players are in tears. That's an absolute gut-wrenching loss. Uh, how do you put it into words? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm usually a man of a lot of words, but I'm speechless right now because like, I thought we were brilliant. I thought we deserved to win with the chances, with the way we controlled it. They've undone us with two like goal-of-the-season contenders. Like, at, like, how does that happen? And twice, that's... I mean, you know you're, uh, you, you've got it going for you when those goals go for you. It's the highs and the lows of football. Three weeks ago, you were lifting a trophy. Does it get much lower than this, Tommy? This has got to be one of the most lowest moments of your career. Yeah, I'm more so for those lads. I mean, I'm looking there, and they're devastated because they implemented a great game plan, and we created the chances. We weathered the little bit of storm that they would bring to us, and we didn't give them much. And then for them to hit two in the top corner, like, I mean, it's, it's I'm absolutely gobsmacked, really, to be honest. Does that help a little bit? Just the fact that I know 51 weeks ago, you walked away here in tears as well at that point. But the fact that it's almost goals out of nothing and the way that you played, does it help a little bit? Or is this just a loss is a loss? Yeah, no, I think I'm more shell-shocked, to be honest. That's like, we can't lose that game that way. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous top corner goals. And we can't get that back. All we can do is just keep being competitive, keep going forward. And our time will come because once we get rid of this uh, final curse, we'll be back. We'll win again. Final curse it is. Tommy, appreciate your time. Thanks for this. What a class act. No doubt about it. Tough to do that. Mitchell, you carried on the conversation with him as well. But you can the press conference, shell-shocked, curse. He called it all there. It was was tough to watch and, and, and tough to take for Cavalry fans. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, yeah, now 26 meetings all time between these clubs in all competitions. 11 times now, Cavalry's lost by a single goal, and six of those have come in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, they were undefeated against Forge in the regular season. They obviously lost that first versus second match. And then, you know, for, for 90 minutes, they have the better of the chances. Um, Tristan Henry makes a couple of good saves. Uh, there's another one that goes across the box and uh, gets nicked a little bit. And, and uh, Akio can't get his foot to it. That, you know, was a real chance there. And then they, be, 
they go into extra time and and Moosey, who is fantastic, probably the best player on the pitch, scores the goal that seems to be their moment finally, and it's all going in their favor. And then they become the first side in a CPL postseason history to score first and then lose a match. So you can fully understand the the disbelief for them again, where, yeah, you know, very shortly before you talk to Tommy Wielden Jr. in that interview, he was getting ready to give a celebration speech um, for his side. And now he's got to shift gears mentally. And even when I was talking to him and Charlie Trafford after, you, you just got that sense that this hadn't sunk in for them yet. They were still reeling from what happened. And uh, I feel like it might take a bit before they really, um, yeah, recover from, again, what was the sucker punch, really? Yeah, shell, shell-shocked, right? right? I mean, how can you not be? I tweeted this out. I'll read it again. 8-12 Eastern, Ali Moosey's goal made it 1-0. Go look at the video. They think they've won. And maybe people have been critical of it. Maybe they shouldn't. But here's why they think they're going to win. They just scored a goal in a game that had nothing. Going for them. 17 minutes later, Borges scores the Olympico and it's 2-1. So losing the game before penalties in extra time in a final, when you take the lead in extra time, isn't just incredibly rare. It is like finding a four-leaf clover. It's ridiculous. It's never happened in World Cups, 220 UEFA major club finals, Never happened in the Copa America, European Championships, 80 German Cup Finals, 76 Copa Italia Finals. It's happened once in 142 FA Cup Finals and once in 121 Spanish Cup Finals. Throw that with the two goals out of nothing, Charlie, and you're looking at one in over a 10,000 game. Uh, that's the odds yeah. against the, what, what Cavalry had to do. You can, no, it's pretty hard to understand. It's not difficult to understand why you couldn't find the words anymore. That that's the thing. If you're a coach, if you're Tommy Wilden Jr., if, if you're Bobby Smirniotis, you plan for a lot of things. They're very, they're both very detail-oriented, meticulous coaches. I don't think that that the way that that unfolded is something you can plan for. Uh, and I, even if you did, I don't think that there is a way to fully emotionally recover if you're cavalry from that kind of that kind of shift. I mean, it's even looking at it, it's hard. It's going to be hard for them to feel like they did anything wrong. Yeah. Right. To lose that game. It's two outrageous goals. Uh, they just scored one themselves. It, it's not something that you'd ever, ever even fathom. And I think even after the Batty Banga goal at that point, I think most people in the stadium, even players on the pitch for Forge would have said, OK, penalties. That's what's happening here. And I, I, I I'm not going to lie. I was. I, I thought Forge absolutely might equalize. I had no, no conception that they were going to score again and win the game before penalties. I was pretty confident that's where we were headed. And it's just so incredibly difficult to pick yourself off the floor. And I, I honestly don't blame Cavalry. And, and really, they don't have anything to be ashamed for from this game. And I don't know if that makes it easier or harder to swallow after. Because if you lose a game, like like Atletico Ottawa in the final last year, they were outplayed and they were beaten. Uh, and that's frustrating. It's disappointing for them. But they can look at that game and be like, this is what we did wrong. Forge were better than us. In this game, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. It's just too absolutely outrageous moments from forge and 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 here we are yeah that's the thing right again you guys do it for a living the story is you learn from losses and cavalry Mm -hmm. have learned from losses for four years what can they possibly learn from that game maybe just a couple of different things maybe a couple of i don't know i'm I'm fascinated to find out if ali moosey was hurt when he got taken off and they said he was cramping okay so you know that you know maybe a 
Forge had a bit more attacking depth on the bench, but it's very marginal. You know, you could say that because maybe Cavalry had better players on the on the on the field um, in terms of how many attacking players they played. I mean, Forge played with a false nine with Noah Jensen, so yeah. you know they, they had Cavalry had a little bit more firepower going forward. But uh, boys, we're going to talk about this game for a very long time. Continue to 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 continue to tell the stories, write the great stuff. Campia.ca, Charlie Mitchell. I really appreciate you guys as ever. Keep up the great work and we'll chat with you soon. Great stuff to them. Uh, by the way, five players, Tristan Henry, Kyle Becker, Davish Wanya, Dom Samuel, and Alexander Ashnoli Janssen made it four titles with Forge. Uh, with more reaction, here is the midfielder, Alexander Ashnoli Janssen. I'm here with four-time champion, Alexander Ashnoli Janssen. How does that feel? And what about this game? Uh, well, it wasn't our best 90 minutes. I think when... Uh... When we get scored on, we turn into a different team, and you could see us doing better things. And I, I think we had a well-deserved comeback there. But yeah, it was a tough cagey game between two two, uh, two good teams. Alex, you played in the two-legged semi-final in 2019. You scored in the 2020. You've been there in 2021 here. Didn't win. Went to Ottawa last year and won. Now you win here in your new adopted home in Hamilton, Ontario. What does that feel like as a Swede to do this in front of your family and the home crowd? It was uh, very emotional. I think this was the other ones. I felt tremendous joy. The first one was special. The second one I scored and also felt special. Last year was a little bit... Okay, I've done this now, but... This one, to be able to do it in front of the, the our home crown, like you say, just it just uh, yeah, very emotional to uh, to be able to pay back for a fantastic to a fantastic community has given me a lot. So uh, no, it was, it was amazing. And you don't take it for granted. I know that, right? When you came here, you never really imagined playing in one final, and you've done it five times, and you've won four. Yeah, I know. It's every time I. Uh, I, I, when I hear guys talk about, oh, we got to do this after, after the final, we got to celebrate and do this, this, this. I was like, guys, we have a, we have a tough game to play before we even can talk about what we're doing afterwards. So it's just been full focus in this 90 minutes. Don't, we're not entitled to anything. Next year, Forge might not even go to the final or the playoffs. Right? It's, it's something I'm very grateful of, have been a part of and. If I'm part of it in the future as well, I'd be very happy. We certainly hope so. Look, Alex, Canadians get their due here in the Canadian Premier League, but you undoubtedly as a Swede have been one of the greatest players in this league so far. Congratulations on four titles. Thank you very much. What a class act. Talking of which, delighted now to be joined by CPL in-stadium host and Forge FC digital host, my friend and yours, Mackenzie Barwell. Mackenzie, you got a big smile on your face there. No reason why. Why, why I not, know. Right? I know, right? <laughs> how are you? How are you going to remember this one? Oh, my gosh. Well, my hair is still wet from the champagne that I got, and it still smells like champagne. So that's one way I'll remember it. Yeah. Um, but, wow, what what an unreal thing to be a part of, KJ. Seriously, like, the minute I stepped foot in the stadium, I could just feel – I could feel the atmosphere change. Like, I could feel the difference from the regular season, you know, and – that was a question that I had asked the players a lot throughout the season and toward the end um, when we were approaching playoffs, like what's, what's the difference? What does it feel like when you get in there? And they said, you, you really can only feel it when you're, you're there. You can't describe it. And the second I got into Tim Hortons field, I was like, okay, it's time to go. And, and they did. And yeah, I think that was a great, 
bit by Alex. Very, very Alex Ashinodi Janssen answer and response to that interview. <laughs> I almost got him again. I, I was saying about Bobby before. Alex is pretty stoic sometimes, but he's, he could see when he's getting emotional and talking about it. You you know, great thing having you on is obviously you were there for, on Saturday night, representing the league in the in-stadium host. You did a great job with Brendan Dunlop, but you also know these players so well. You spend every day with them at, at training. Um, it's they, they won't mind me saying this. This is a pretty serious group, no? I mean, sometimes you mix, you meet teams and they've got a good mix. This is a stoic, serious group, right? And yeah. sometimes you've got to get more fun out of them. Now, we know which ones to target sometimes, but to see them bring the emotions out uh, was pretty special, I must admit, for you, I bet. Absolutely. It, and it, you're right. They are stoic and it, they took a little while to crack, I think, but um, I think I got to them toward the end of the season and yeah, it's just um, it, it was so great to see because I saw firsthand the, the hard work they put in all season. And for Borges, for example, to have that kind of moment, I was just so happy for the guy, so happy for him. I know he hadn't maybe been as satisfied with the season as he would have liked to be. And for him to just come in in a, in a moment when he was needed and. I, I don't we don't need to talk about this more KJ like come on everyone already everyone already knows unreal but I just saw the kind of dedication and the hard work that he put in every single day and just such a level-headed guy and I could tell that he never got down on himself even through those injuries through those like rough patches in the season that the team had and yeah I just so so happy for them and really glad they uh sprayed me with champagne and drank yeah they did you, you you were drenched <laughs> i had the raincoat so i was the uh you can tell who's the veteran you can tell who's the veteran in the locker room in terms of media you and charlie are suited up in the in the rain jackets and i i'm coming in there just like let's go <laughs> yeah i mean i would say you could call it veteran you could call it experience you could also call us like boring and you just wild and fun i would go with <laughs> I would go with that one. Uh, listen, I want to play a clip from Tristan Henry shortly, but before I do, I want to ask you, like, how important when you're around this group are those vets? You know, I mentioned, like, the original ones who've won, you know, four now. Borges was an original one as well, but went away and came back. So he's still got that experience. You know, you got young players coming in, and, and you can we see them working all the time, Kwesi Poku and Wubens, but you almost look up to this group, right, Absolutely. as if, like, they're going to guide us. Is that what you yeah. see daily? Oh, for sure. For sure. On a day-to-day basis, you can just see it in the way that they train. And I think um, Kyle in particular, you look at that game and that first goal that Cavalry scored um, right out the gate in extra time, grabs the ball and, you know, runs back to half and everybody gets set set it up. And I think that's just one example of how he leads the team, not only in his words, because he's a pretty uh, inspirational guy when he's doing those motivational speeches, but in his actions too. And I can just see how those core guys have kind of led the way. Um, And I think it's easy to, and they've had this much success over the course of five years now that when new guys are called in, they can just see what the expectation is in the locker room. And this, like this, the standard is there and they make it very clear what that is. And I think in talking to Benny too, it's cool to see how well he integrated into the team. And I think those guys that have been there for so long and some of the younger guys too, who followed their lead, they just, it's, it's a cohesive group in terms of, you know, what they hold to the team and how everyone kind of, goes to that standard so yeah undoubtedly stay right there with more reaction after the game i spoke to arguably the man of the match and one of those stalwarts for forge 
I'm with Tristan Henry, who's won four of these now, but absolutely, I'm sure, has never, ever played in a game like that before. What does this feel like? Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Definitely the most entertaining final we've been in, and uh, it's a great display for the league. You were absolutely immense. You just picked up goalkeeper of the year this week, but you kept your team in this. What did that feel like when you knew that the team needed you to be able to step up? It felt good. It felt good. I think that's what I've been trying to do all year. Just keep the team in the game and give us a chance to win, and lucky I was able to do that again today. So, Baddy Banger scores to make it 1-1. You're at the other end, and you get a corner, and then you see Tristan Borges do that. What do you think? What do you think? If you look back on the video, I was just there smiling. Like, I couldn't believe it. it. It just, like a picture ending. It was crazy. Last one for you. You just got to celebrate this with the loyal fans who've been here since day one. You've never done that before. What was that like for you, and will that stick with you forever? It's amazing. It's amazing. These are the best fans in the league. I know many people say that, but we put out for them every time, and they've been, for, been uh, with us wherever we go, and it's an amazing feeling to do it for them. Tristan Henry, you play for Forge, but you are a four-time champion. Let that sink in, my friend. Congrats. Thank you, Thank you guys. Thank you. He's a great guy, Mackenzie. He's another one who obviously isn't always that comfortable with the mic, a shy personality as well. But you get the best out of him. I have to say that as well. Congrats on that. But what did it mean to see uh, Tristan play a game like that for you? Oh, man. G is G is the best. And you're right. He's he's a little bit more closed off, I would say, especially when I was chatting with him at the beginning of the season. But I think uh, for me, it was maybe three or four weeks in when I asked him what his pregame routine is. And he said he has a pack of Skittles uh, <laughs> before warm-up every game. And that's that's when I really knew. I was like, oh, I got him there. I got him there. So, yeah, I think uh, he's just such a leader on the team, but he goes about it. He kind of flies under the radar. And obviously, as a keeper, that's often what happens. But, um, yeah, for him to get this win, but also get that very well-deserved Golden Glove a couple days prior was so, so great to see. And I think it was funny, too, in talking to him, uh, a few days before the final, I think it was you who asked him, do you like having this much action um, <laughs> during a season in comparison to previous years where maybe uh, the ball wasn't in their half so much? And uh, just for him to embrace it and, you know, step up when he was needed, absolutely well-deserved and just such a such a great guy. I hope he enjoyed his skills pregame for this oh, one. Yeah. No doubt. And, you know, I know firsthand too, because he shares them with, uh, you know, he get, some of the kids, he loves them around, all the young Forge fans as well. It just yeah. celebrate them together, embracing their both the love for, for, for the candy. Um, what is it about this group that you enjoy working with every day, Mackenzie? Ooh, that's a good one. I think I just the way that they have kind of embraced me and welcomed me into this club, I think has been so nice because this is a new role for me and I didn't really know what to expect going into this but to be able to have this role and be a part of a club in such an intimate level and go in day in and day out and watch them train but also like have them go out of their way to you know talk to me off off the record you know and that's one of the things I value the most about this job is um, building those relationships behind the scenes so that we can do our job better and just to yeah, have the opportunity to do that and for them to have welcomed me with open arms. It's just, I don't know. I don't even think I could pinpoint one thing, KJ. It's That's just a great been such a, yeah, it's been such a wild ride and such a happy ending for everyone. And I can't wait to get back at it and see what these guys can do in CONCACAF. You also do a weekly segment with arguably one of the finest coaches Canadian soccer has seen um, behind the beard with Bobby Smaniotis. That's right. Um, give, give us, our listeners and our viewers here, a little bit of a, 
a little bit of insight in how that's gone because I love watching it and, and you oh, guys are bonding you. more and more. It's like it's almost like this dad daughter bonding, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, you know? Totally. And at first, he's kind of like reserved a little bit, and then you're getting a little bit more out of him. And then to see him open up to you, what's that been like covering uh, Coach Bobby? Oh, said? man. Arguably, you know, I, maybe I should have included this in my previous answer because, oh my gosh, I have had so much fun doing this. And we started filming it the week, well, I shouldn't say filming, we were recording it um, off camera. The week I started working with Forge and in all honesty, I didn't know much about the CPL. I had to learn a lot right out the gate. And I think, I think it kind of was good that I went in a little bit blind because I didn't understand the weight of, you know, the interview, the team, the people who are watching and just how big of a figure uh, Bobby is in Canadian soccer and having the ability to get to know him, not only as a coach, but a person has been such a pleasure. And I'm just glad that he's, you know, warmed up to me. We get to see the personality, you know, as you said, it's a stoic group. And I think that comes from Bobby because a lot of the times the fans see straight face just you know squatting down i would do it right now but i'm you know that's a bit much but yeah it's just been uh, it's just been really really nice to see him open up and also start responding to me in ways it doesn't feel like a q a anymore you know what i mean it, it has started to feel like a conversation and uh he's just such a great interview because he's such a soccer mind he knows more than arguably anyone so having you know, the access to talk to him and show that to the Forge fans and, and people around the CPL has been a really cool opportunity. And I think um, it, it's not done maybe enough or as much as it should have is in the league. So, yeah, to yeah. give people that kind of access and also show show the people his personality. I'll let him I'll give him a platform to crack a few jokes because I know deep down that's what he wants. So. Oh yeah, he's got a great personality, and every credit for you uh, to bring it out on him. Uh, with more gets, let's get let's go back to the Forge winning dressing room and get some more reaction. I'm here with Kwesi Poku, one of the best under 21 players this season, and, a, and now another winner. How does this feel? It's amazing. I can't even describe it. You know, to play a bigger role this year, it's it's just been amazing. It's been a rough ride for me. It was a rough game today. I got hurt, but it's all worth it in the end. Quasi, let's talk about the emotions of football and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think about an hour and a half ago you were in tears in here at halftime because you couldn't play in the second half and now you're here getting wet a different way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just how life goes, that's how soccer goes and all that matters is that I'm here now. What's it like to be a part of this team to know that winning is really the only formality? It's amazing. These guys come in every day with the same standard. We just Every day we just work, every day we expect winning from each other. Every day is competitive and that's why we're here every single year. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you so much. That's the different side of Forge, Mackenzie. That's why I wanted to show that with you as well because that some of these players are almost similar to you in terms of the, your kind of era. And what's it been like, like shining a light on some of the younger players who now get to experience what it's like that the older players have experienced for a while? Yeah, it's, it's so great. Like people like Kwesi, uh, Malik, Woobs, um, Noah. Nice for me because obviously we're similar age and I feel like I can connect with them um, maybe a bit easier. So having the ability to showcase you know, what they have to offer has been so great. Kwesi, for example, just I, just such a quality person, such a quality guy, so, so humble, another one of them who kind of fly under the radar. But it was nice to watch that interview. I'm not going to lie, KJ, because he's not 
he's not very chatty. And I think obviously in that room, he had the position and he was able to do that, but um, he's been phenomenal all season, just a definite leader too amongst those younger guys, treats his teammates with nothing but respect, treats the staff with nothing but respect. And yeah, really happy, really happy for Quasey. Yeah, he's been a big player for them down that left-hand side, really bringing that kind of depth that they needed and that width because when Ashton Morgan left, they really needed someone else to cover yeah. on that left-hand side. Yeah. And he, he was the immediate reaction for that. Uh, last one before I let you go is just the, the entire night, the atmosphere. You know the city better than me. You know the city better than most. You know that stadium better than most. What, you know, what was the overriding emotion? You said you remember what it was like coming in when you left. Uh, what was the entire night feeling for you? Oh, geez. Wow. Uh, yeah, like I said, I could I could sense it right when I got into the building. And we had that fan fest beforehand, which was awesome because. Yeah, I'm great normally... job, by the way. You did oh, great. Oh, thank you. Did you see that? Yeah, you did oh, great. That's all Brendan, man, too. He's He was awesome to have uh, alongside me as a co-host for the game. But um, yeah, so cool to see because I'm normally in the South Plaza pregame, but it's never that packed or we had to extend the entire thing. So that was awesome to see the entire thing crowded. Obviously Tyler Shaw performing so many different activations and also, you know, to have Ollie and Mateo there signing autographs. It was just such a cool thing to see everyone come together for this game. I saw a couple Halifax jerseys too. So I think that's a testament to the atmosphere that was there at Tim Hortons field and just the kind of community and the energy um, as to when I left, it was pretty late. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, don't, I think I have a better perception for the entire night as a whole, but wow, just something I will never forget. So, so much fun to celebrate with the staff and the players. And there was just so much building up to this game. And I saw the hard work go into it on so many levels from, you know, practice to, you know, the ticketing staff to marketing to everyone. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was so much fun to celebrate. Maybe not so much fun to like having, have to spend the rest of my night, like with my hair, like crisp from champagne. champagne. That was, yeah. I'm going to keep bringing it up because. That's okay. That I, I, I lived it with you. I lived it with you, my friend. I just went home and had a shower before I went back out, but. You know. I should have done that. I should have done that. But everyone kept telling me, Mac, you literally just have to push through. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess that's what we're going to do. Look, I'm just going to finish this interview by saying it was a lot easier for me to walk out the Forge dressing room, go home and shower than you. You were like one of the team at that point. They carried you through the night. So I'm em- not going to lie. Yeah, embrace Mal- it. Embrace Malcolm it. started it. And then everyone else was like, okay, we're doing it. Mackenzie's we're, we're getting her. So anyways, yeah, you were yeah. drenched. I don't regret it at all, though. Fantastic (laughs) night. Thank you so much for having me, KJ. Hey, listen, great to have you on the board. And again, and thanks for sharing the experiences. This is what this entire show is like. I know you're hosting a big night there on Wednesday as well with them as they bring the trophy to the fans again. So enjoy that. Congratulations on a fantastic year, and we'll chat with you again soon. Thanks so much, KJ. We'll chat soon. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much to great Mackenzie Barwell. Before we get my next guest on here, let's go back to the locker room for some more reaction with a very special guest for one last interview inside there as a Forge a Forge player. I'm with the great Ashton Morgan, who a couple of months ago in this very room, they said goodbye to you. Yeah. You're back to get what you deserve as a medal, and you just saw Forge win again. What, what does this feel like? It's amazing. I'm so happy for the group. I'm so happy for the club. You know, I'm happy they inviting me back to come celebrate and enjoy this moment with them because they've worked hard and I'm so happy for all the boys and might be a part of the history again. You're a legend of the Canadian game. Have you ever seen a game like that in your life? Honestly, it was, it was lovely. I wish we did it earlier, but honestly, all the boys put the, their best foot forward and, you know, 
the best team won today. I want to ask you about Tristan Borges because perseverance is a skill you need in this game. You know what that's like to be down and then up again. He hasn't had an easy year on and off the field. And then for him to deliver like that, what does that kind of say in a message to all footballers all around the world, young or old? You have to stay patient and wait for your time. You know, I've, I've been lucky to play, play with Tristan Borges. Wonderful, what a, what a wonderful player, wonderful human being. And I'm so happy for this moment for him. And, you know, I'm here for him. And he's a, you know, he's a gem. He's just a gem. My last question for you is this. It's about team culture. You're now over at Toronto FC and you need to build that team culture. We know that and you will do that. But what about this team culture here and what Bobby Smeniotis has brought here for Hamilton for five years? They've done it in four, four out of five. You know, it's, uh, this team, this club is a dynasty, you know, and it's, uh, it's an amazing thing, and I'm so happy. I was grateful to be a part of it, you know, and uh, yeah, it's a dynasty. Ash, you deserve every minute of this. Enjoy it, my friend. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Delighted now to be joined by another outstanding individual, Mr. Adam Jenkins, the voice of One Soccer and commentating again. He was there on that night, another legendary broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the viewpoint small around the stands on the show. Adam, great to have you on. Uh, first question is, just like I said to everybody else, uh, how are you going to remember this one? It's going to be pretty easy to remember this one. I don't think my phone has stopped buzzing since the final. And I was reminding all of the CPL viewers who don't often get to see me do my work. Jimmy knows I pace like an Energizer bunny. And now apparently I leap like one too. So that moment of, and I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. I knew he was going for that Olympico. I think we finally got confirmation today that he did try it. Um, and I just remember looking at him in the eyes, seeing everything build, looking down at our monitor in the booth. And he was just... I was trying to explain to people, KJ, and I think you've been around athletes long enough to know when they're, 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 something is up. And with Tristan, it was the eyes. I know when Forge loves to do their short routine, so he's usually looking around left, right, looking at the bench, what are we going to do? He was just stoic and almost still. And I'm like, he's, he's going to try this. So in that four or five seconds, I tried to set up what could have been an Olympico the best that I could, and it paid off. So uh, as much as I'll remember everything about the night, that extra time, my first time doing extra time for one soccer, and and what a way to start with extra time, uh, I think the goal of the reaction and the response from players, coaches, and and supporters has just been brilliant. Yeah, it was. Uh, Look, I'll say this. You know, Forge were prepared to come back because of their experience, you were prepared to call a goal like that because of your experience. And I don't, I don't, I know you're going to get all red and I'm going to, so I'm not going to make you get too embarrassed, but every credit, you were ready for it because you've seen it and you're ready for it because you know these players. Uh, please go check out Adam's socials for his fantastic leap that he's talking about uh, as he jumps in the air. But I have another surprise for you, my friend. I'm going to play this. We haven't put this on social yet. We're going to put it in a second, but any Moneyball fans out there, a uh, surprise for Adam Jenkins. Let's watch this.
Goosebumps. Brilliant. Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps, right? Major props to my teammate, Kai Larson, who helped me put that together today, buddy. But I wanted you to see that for the first time. But uh, that's why we're in this game. No, we don't root for a team. We root for moments and to take the level to the next step up. But uh, every credit to you and and that call. But the, without the fans and without the, the sound of it, we get nothing, right? 100%. I know for a fact that I don't get to work with them as much as you do. Kenny last year, Kai this year, and not just the two of them, but the entire CPL Productions team. I know we work with a lot of talented people at One Soccer. You and I share colleagues all over the place. They are maybe the most important and maybe most underrated parts of what we've been able to build in half a decade, I think. Here. That that steady cam that they had, and I think that was actually one of the, the Forge videographers that provided that literal cinematic perspective of it was perfection and it's just been so cool to see the different vantage points the one from the stands how they're singing his name singing that he's going to score a goal from the corner and he does it's that i think kj is what we've we've talked about this countless times over tea and over in the studio as well just that these are the small details that make the immeasurable impact of, of this league arriving and to see everyone worked so hard in that final and then obviously Kai to be able to put a bow tie on it like that. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Shout out to Kai, Michael, everyone else as well, as well on the, on, on the who work behind the scenes. We're just trying to build the league forward. Right. And hopefully everyone truly appreciates it. Um, I want to ask you again, like when Borges scores in that moment and you talk and you, the ball goes in, how important is that breath that you take that you and Jimmy don't talk over that 10 to 15 seconds of, screaming and emotion that we just can't get back ever again it's everything um i think you and remember i think a lot of supporters or and viewers forget that like th this was my first like portfolio i i had done play-by-play -play before but this i come in raw i was 22 years old when i took this job and i think 22 year old me especially not at the venue might have felt like i have to this is this is a commentator's dream it's all about me 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 and the more you get to work with great people like some of my mentors you being one of them luke wildman i mean i could list them all on what they teach you without saying do this don't do this you learn and you absorb like a sponge and i remember we had the gopro in the booth for the final last year and at full time when they had done it um i made a sort of gesture to jimmy like this because i'm trying to as much as i learn from him i'm also trying to teach him too and i'm like nothing this is their moment let the pictures tell it it's it's the most important advice that any announcer anyone in media can get is that reaction from me from tristan and that could have been that could have been Ali Moussi doing it. It's just, it's, you're in that, you're watching it. I'm a supporter in that moment. And then as soon as it's done, you, I think I like grabbed my scarf a few times, one, because my voice was going. And two, I'm reminding myself like, breathe, take a breath because it's, it's not about you right now. And I can't do as good a job nearly as what 14,000 people are doing right now. And yeah. you learn that over time. And then it makes your call better when you're not ruining it yourself. So you, you learn the, the give and take. Yeah, and I want to. You you also had like three wonder goals in thirty <laughs> minutes, <laughs> and, and a wonder save from from Tristan that surprised me too. Yeah, yeah, that was a great save as well. But to have not just one, but not just two, but three epic goals. Uh, I know we always joke around at the at One Soccer HQ that we're always getting one of these every week, but yeah. <laughs> this is just taking this is taking liberties. Like as I said, it's a final for the ages, no matter what. We're gonna get to Cavalry in a second, and that's their side of it, but. You know, three goals that came out of nothing as well. So that, that instant reaction, you must be one of your favorite ways to call a goal, right? Because obviously yeah. you see goals build up and it finishes in the final third or on the, on the six-yard box. You kind of climax to it, but a goal out of nothing, how does that feel to call it? 
they're the best. And I, I obviously love any goals. I love six, six games as much as my vocal cords may not. I think that's what viewers like, but then you learn to appreciate that that match was always going to be nil, nil. I think I said beside you, I think I said one, one to you at the, the supporters night the night before. And I was a cavalry equalizer away from getting my prediction spot on, but when they catch you off guard, they take your breath away. And obviously I need my breath to be able to project the way I want to, but I, I want to be able to try um, and put myself in the voice and in the eyes of people watching at home, watching in the stands. I think that's always been what I've tried to bring to this job. That's different. Um, I know, especially I've been so fortunate to work with so many different color commentators that bring their experience. For me, it's, I know that I want to call a game the way I would like a game to be called. And in that, it's, I want to be surprised. I want to be engaged. Like, that's why Jimmy makes fun of me all the time, but I pace because I feel like if I sit down, then my energy goes down. I want to be kind of edge of my seat like everyone else. So, mm-hmm. um, and obviously I, I got to tip my cap to the fact that I was given the opportunity to be there and to be able to watch things build up. Like, I don't know that I'm able to sense Benny's goal or sense Ali's goal or sense Tristan's goal the same way if I'm not in the venue. So th- that makes it more special. But uh, my goal call for Batty Bongas, I think was just like a scream of shock and delight like everyone else. And it's learning a body of work. I think I called 78 or 79 CPL matches this season. So I know the guys intimately now, and it just feels like you're, you're embedded and weaved in the fabric of the game at that point. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. Who else do you feel like stepped up on this day? We've talked a lot about different players, but I mean, you called the game so closely on both sides. Like, was there any certain players that maybe didn't get the love or the limelight at the end because of the outcome that you thought had a good game? I thought Charlie was, Charlie Trafford was Cavalry's best player and he's unfortunately eating the net on both of the goals that they scored. But I thought he was like an 8.5 out of 10 on the day. And from the Forge perspective, aside from listing the roster, because I think they both, both sides stepped up and accounted. I was giddy watching Dom Samuel play left wing back after seeing him for five years in the trials and tribulations and knowing his legs are slowing down a little bit at his age. I remember talking to him on the field and I, I kind of grabbed him. I said, did you just play wing back in a final? And he goes, yeah, they told me I had 30 seconds to get ready. And Bobby said, just run. And I'm like, ran, you gave it everything. So obviously that wasn't planned. Quasi's unfortunate injury gutted for him, but elated for Dom to get that chance to, to be a factor again. And then Alessandro Hujabarpour. I think he kind of slips underneath David Chouinier with the playoff crunch time spectacular plays. You think of what, what Hujabakur has done, mm-hmm. winning the final for Pacific, winning the final for Forge, and letting Kyle and Noah sort of play more advanced and not really ever putting a foot wrong. I thought he was spectacular for them. Yeah, I told him after the game, he's the only player in Canadian Premier League history to start three straight finals and win them all. Yeah. The only only one. I mean, Campbell's won three in a row as well, but he didn't play in last year's final, in the yeah. 2022 final. So Hajab Rapport, uh up there as a true iconic player and what, 23 years old? <laughs> well, and, and to think when it, what a moment that was, KJ, too, when he gave Matteo de Brienne the U21 Canadian player. And then obviously we know his story now. He takes a big risk, he and Terran both. Yeah. leaving a championship winner to come to Forge. And I, I, it's not that I don't think he would have had the same trajectory if he stayed, but you can really tell what Bobby Smirniotis and the staff and David Edgar never have been able to do for a player like him and to learn from Kyle Becker and be surrounded by greatness in that midfield. It's, I don't think he has any regrets at all. How could he? No, absolutely not. You're listening to the Volkswagen Newsroom, uh, Christian Jack alongside Am Jenkins. Before I let you go, buddy, last one for you is on this Forge team. Uh, as I said off the top, we all root for all the different storylines, all the different teams. That's just the way we are. Uh, but, you know, 
and we could be working on this league for 20, 25 years and never ever see anything like this again, right? This is just uh, truly remarkable. And I think that's why we need to give them their due in the ability to find different ways to win. And, and what we're seeing just isn't normal in sports. No. And I remember I was last year, last October, or no, maybe last August, I was thinking this, this isn't the same forge. This isn't forge. There's someone is going to do it this year. And they kind of coasted into the postseason, and then they won. And then this year, I think I've, I've taken all the flack and rightfully so because of where they finished. I said, this isn't a top echelon team over a balance of 28 games. Postseason, when it's cup competition, when they have to win, they win. And eventually, like any sport, their luck is going to run out. And there was a little bit of luck because they had two wonder goals, but fair credit to them for scoring those goals. They will lose eventually. It doesn't feel like that right now, does it? But they're not going to win every single year. Eventually, there will be more teams and that take the bow. And Cavalry is eventually going to do it. And, and as the commissioner alluded to and got so many people excited, when we have more teams in a couple of seasons and it grows, it's going to get harder every single year. But it is truly like nothing else. And there's two perspectives of it. If you're not a Forge supporter, you maybe you're kicking the sand and saying, why them again? But I think if you can detach yourself and say, yes, I'd love my team to do this and to have this kind of success, when you remove this, this fandom of it and think of it as a sports story, it is unlike anything we've ever seen. And look, KJ, somebody has to beat them. So they will be, they will carry that. They could finish as the final playoff team next season, just squeak in and you're still saying they're going to win. Yeah. Because they haven't shown us that they're not going to yet. But I think it's so important in these moments and you celebrate them, but I think you celebrate what they've done. And I don't think anyone deserves more credit than Bobby Smaniotis for it. Totally agree. He'll be joining us soon very much on this show. Adam, again, congratulations on a wonderful year. The voice of Canadian Premier League. Absolutely delighted for you that you're able to get those calls on the weekend. Um, get some earned rest a little bit. Rest that throat a little bit and I'll see you this winter, my friend. That's right. Hey, we got women's national team tomorrow in Halifax. So I'm going to start my vocal warm-ups now. Just keep going, right? Keep going. <laughs> Thanks again, buddy. Always a pleasure. The great Adam Jenkins. Thanks to him uh, for a fantastic call on Saturday night. Uh, before I'm joined by my next guest and the next viewpoint from around the stadium, let's go back to the inside the Forge dressing room and get some more reaction. I'm here with Jordan Hamilton. My friend, I think this is your eighth major honor. Yeah. How special is this one? Honestly, it's just a blessing. Some guys, you know, play a whole career and don't win or get a few chances. I've been lucky enough to play for a trophy nearly every year I've been a pro. So it's something I don't take for granted. And I'm uh, extremely grateful uh, to God and the blessing that he gave me. And yeah, it's a uh, winner's win. That's what they say, right? Undoubtedly, this is a winning dressing room. You've been there with Toronto FC. You've been there with Columbus Crew. How does this group compare knowing that they are just pure winners? Very similar. You know, the, the main thing that I find with winning locker rooms and I try to bring it when I go to a locker room is the brotherhood. You know, I look at, you know, the year that obviously TFC had this year. And they were disappointed and they talk a lot about there was no brotherhood and stuff like that. You could catch us all on a night out as a whole group and it was like that with Columbus and it was like that with TFC when we won you know it's uh, a difference when guys will go out on the field <laughs> it's a difference when guys will go out on the field and and go to war for each other and, and want to see the next guy succeed you know and I think between our attacking group me Borges Dav Wubins uh, Taryn no matter who was doing well at the time we were always happy for each other always pushing each other in training I think that's the difference between winning teams and losing teams very well said my friend go get another drink you're another champion congratulations I will thank you 
the great guy. Very happy for Jordan Hamilton to win again. Delighted now to be joined by RJ uh, Harrison, president of Barton Street Battalion Supporters Group. And RJ lifted the North Star Cup on Saturday night as well. Uh, buddy, great to see you. I wanted some fans' viewpoint as well because you guys, boy, oh, boy, you guys played a massive role in the story of what it was, an epic CPL final. Uh, I'll start with the first answer for you, first question, the same answer as everybody else. So what did you remember about, what were you going to remember about this one? Everything. The section was amazing. I am so proud of the battalion as a whole. I'm proud of this team, coaching staff, players. I mean, you just showed the replay of Borge's goal. And a few weeks ago, Forge posted a video asking the players, "Who? what's your all-time favorite footy celebration? October 28th, Tristan Borges. That is mine. He turned around, arms came out just to embrace the crowd and the smile on his face just eluded that happiness and never forget it. Uh, you, you shouldn't. And it's fitting, no, because all the storylines coming in was that they'd never done it at home. Uh, and they could have scored a goal at the other end of the stadium. Uh, they could have been running into a corner where maybe there wasn't so many seats full. But to have it do, done there... Uh, an Olympico there and then for him to turn around and see you and people holding his face up and the people who've been there every single minute from day one uh, with the battalion and the other supporters. That's, that is, as Charlie said, that is a beyond uh, script writer's dream. Yeah. It was a storybook tale. I'll never forget that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> let me tell you until that, uh, till that goal, it never really set in that that was a final. And then that goal went in and, Tears just started flowing, like such a happy moment. As as it should. Listen, RJ, you're in the Calgary Sun today as the main picture <laughs> on the storyline of Hamilton lifting the North Star Cup. Uh, it's an iconic image, and I'm so happy for you, my friend. But can you tell us the story? Uh, so obviously they lift the trophy. Tell us what happens next after that as you uh, uh, you make your way out and onto the pitch to get the trophy. Yeah, so I'm – Sitting up there, celebrating, standing, jumping around, and uh, Kyle yells out to me. Bex goes, RJ, RJ, you got to get down here. Get down here now. So I hop over and start going down, and security comes up. You can't be down here. You got to go. And the whole team right away, no, no, big man, get in here. Big man, get in here. So I get in there, get down, you know, whoa, and lift that trophy up high, proud, and uh, what a moment. And it was such a great feeling. I thank Beck so much to to give me that opportunity. And um, security came up after that and just goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't know who you were. <laughs> <laughs> like you need to get your own pass, zone one, my friend. Get you yeah. down there. Um, can you put it into words, RJ, what this city, uh, this community feels for Forge? <clears throat> yeah, like. I'm born and raised in Hamilton and growing up, it was just tie cats, tie cats, tie cats. Right. And you know, they haven't won in forever. We have a winning team. People need to start seeing that and more people need to get out to these games. Cause uh, like you said, eventually the league is going to get tougher and we're not going to be in it every year. We are right now. And we're very, very gracious to be there. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of people who, love a lot of these players but and i want to ask you in particular about dom samuel who played 45 minutes but i know has sat with you and stuck with you during games as well um i just use him really as an igniter to connect with the fans from from a player's point of view but that relationship you talked about becca bringing you on you know samuel watching games with you um 
that's what fans want. No, they want to feel connected to them. They want to not just feel that players just see you. And then a lot of other sports now, you know, the big with, with money and lack of access, you know, we never take away the child feeling inside of us, right? When you're a child, all you want to do is touch your heroes and get closer to them and get that signature. And I suppose now it's about selfies, but even when we grow up, RJ, we still want to feel connected to these players and they seemingly do a great job to connect with you as a fan base. You know what? It's awesome. You go to a game, you don't expect it, and all of a sudden Dom Samuel's sitting in front row with you, standing, cheering, wearing your scarf. It's such a great feeling. That's your hero. You know, they're on the pitch. They're putting all their blood, sweat, and tears into it, winning championships for you. And when they come up there and they join you, they want to be a part of that. Shows me that we're doing something right. And we're growing as a fan base, and this league's growing, and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, last couple more with you is is on the league. The Canadian Premier League is obviously only five years old. I have to pinch myself when I see some of the images, you know, this season from not only from the final but across this wonderful country. Uh, what does the league mean to you? It means everything. <clears throat> you know, I've told you the story. I think five years ago, I wasn't a footy fan, not at all, and I went to a Forge game and I fell in love with it. I sat with the battalion, and fast forward five years and. I'm the head of it, you know, and it's an honor to be. And um, I'm excited to see where we are in another five years and another five years after that because there's only room to grow. And we're doing a good job of it so far. Look, you're doing an amazing job uh, of this. This is why I wanted you on. I want to leave you with this. You know, if there's a way that people are listening to this right now, whether it be other fans in different markets that want to connect with supporters clubs or people in this market that want to connect with you or different things, what kind of advice would you be give if there's uh, someone like yourself who five years ago just stumbled on this league and hadn't really even stumbled on this sport? Um, what kind of advice can you give them that supporters clubs can bring that camaraderie and, and where should they go to try and find it? So every, uh, every club's going to have their supporters group. And if you're just a fan that attends and want to get involved, then get involved. Go sit with that group. Talk to the people who are involved. How can I help out? And just put yourself out there. And that's what I did. And then I ended up by uh, – the first thing I really did was I painted a, a banner, a TIFO for the front, and it took me 36 hours. And uh, it turned out wicked. And that's how it all started. Like, just get involved. Yeah, fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah, RJ, thanks so much again, my friend, for for joining me tonight. The fan perspective is just as important as the players, as everybody else. Uh, Without you and the fans on Saturday night, that is nothing. Um, So every credit to you and what you continue to bring to build in the wonderful city of Hamilton. Thank you so much for everything you've done and for your time. Thanks, KJ. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. The great RJ Harrison there from Barton Street Battalion. Uh, before we join by my next guest, a special one as well, let's go back and inside the, dre- the dressing room, uh, my friend Charlie O'Connor-Clark is connecting with lots of players inside there after this one. Alessandro Hijabar 4. Oh my God. You and T are the first players to win three straight CPL championships, but uh, but this one was pretty special, eh? Yeah, the third one is special. This, with this team has been a special year. It's been a crazy year and Sorry, to, to win it right at the end is uh, is a good feeling. You killed that bottle pretty quick, but uh, that was a crazy one, man. I didn't drink it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> but extra time, you guys go down, you go back and score the other end. You guys have done that a few times this year, right? Like what a game! Listen, when you guys got, got guys like Bax, Rama, these guys, you know, the ball went in our net. All they said was put the ball at center and let's go play. And when you have that kind of attitude, it doesn't matter if you're down a goal, we can get right back into the game. 
and for you guys to do it finally at home in front of almost 14,000 people, that felt pretty special as well. Yeah, I mean, we broke that curse, right? That was a lead curse, and uh, yeah, it feels great to, to win at home, and this is a sellout crowd, it was so loud, loud today, and when you have both sides back, it's a different feeling, so it was a good feeling to win in front of them. Thanks, Ali, go enjoy it. I'm good for now. I'm good for now. Dom, you guys have won four championships in five years. That's just that's insane when you think about it, right? Absolutely insane. It's incredible. It's incredible. I don't know how. I, actually, I do know how we did it, but <laughs> I do know how we did it. But honestly, it's an incredible feeling. I love this club. I love my team, brothers, family for life. Family for life. I love it. You did it by. Scoring two unreal goals in extra time after falling behind. You guys have had to come from behind quite this a few guy, times this year. This guy right here. Incredible player. God Unbelievable bless my goal. God bless my Unbelievable goal. And then Borges with the Olympico. Like, he's done it before. He's done it before. What else are you going to do? You just got to expect it from us. You got to expect that from us. And to do it in front of the battalion at home, like, dude, that's got to be the best one yet. The most important thing is that we broke the curse. We broke the curse and we're lifting the trophy at home. And that's all that matters. Don Samuel, you're, you're a day one Forge guy. Congratulations. Yo, Malik. Hold, hold on to it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Let's do this. Malik, Olavi, Bellaway. You've done it two in a row now. Like, that's got to be a pretty crazy feeling. Two for two. It's insane. I never thought I'd be in this situation, but luckily we took care of business today. Even though sometimes it did look like it was going to go the other way. I guess there's just three things in life that I guarantee death, taxes, and forge winning the playoffs, man. <laughs> that was uh, that was quite the game, though. I think that one was a little bit crazier than last year. Just tell me about how insane and, and, and the feelings during that game. Yeah, it was definitely crazier than last year. Obviously, the first biggest thing is we won 2 0 within 90 minutes. This year went to, you know, two halves of extra time. Also, we went down first. I think this is the first time in a while that. Um, the team scored against us in a playoff game, so that was different, but again, we're built for this. Forge, this is what Forge does, and yeah, we took care of business today, and yeah, came back, and yeah, there's, it's, hard to, it's hard to find the words to put together, because it's such a special feeling, but, but yeah, we took care of business today. Shout out to Bobby, shout out to all the players, Benny, Tristan Borges, spectacular goals. But yeah, can't be happy, I can't be proud of this time you guys did it at home and you got a chapter that looks like that. I think you guys need to go fill it up with something. God bless my brother. God bless my brother. Delighted now to be joined by head coach and sporting director of Forge FC, Bobby Sminiota. Still with a smile on his face as he should, just under 48 hours since winning it on Saturday. Bobby, we played earlier in the show your immediate reaction with me on the pitch. Um, how about some reflective thoughts? What's the last couple of days been like for you? What have you been thinking of? Yeah, a lot of a lot of smiles. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah, just not reflecting only on a game that was uh, absolutely brilliant and uh, the way you look at it as a neutral and and how it's finished. Uh, mostly reflecting on on five years and what this uh, what this club has achieved. Um, to be able to look into that locker room and see. You know, a group of people who have been there for five years, a big group of players and people who have been there at least uh, three years uh, and all the success we've uh, enjoyed together. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. Uh, in many years to come, Bobby, when you're maybe rocking a grandchild on, on your knee or something and they ask, but, uh, Granddad, tell me about the 2023 Forge team. What, what would you say? How would you describe this year? 
we have a little bit of everything that's uh that's for sure um you know a, a lot of heart a lot of resilience uh, in this team uh, the football is there uh, sometimes uh, maybe uh, the motivation uh, went away at certain points in the season and that's that's the tough part of uh, of being a champion that's a tough part of uh, of trying to repeat and and do it many times um but the resilience of the mentality and the drive of the group uh, that's fantastic cuz take away football football they have it uh, it was all about these other little parts and when uh, they decided uh, as players to to put that into their game then uh, nothing can stop them and how big of a role did Kyle play your captain Kyle Becker in that because uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would take his foot off the pedal and lose motivation. So how big was he in terms of gathering that group and making sure every minute mattered? Yeah, of course he is that. And, uh, you know, he's had one of his best seasons in his uh, fifth year in the CPL. And uh, what many people uh, won't know is, uh, you know, Kyle was playing on, uh, you know, half a leg uh, for most of the season. You know, we really had to manage him. And how he was, and it's just uh, an injury that he was uh, that he was dealing with. Uh, you would never know in the games. Uh, you would only know the day after, and the, and the day after that. And uh, our medical team and all the staff, we did a great job with that. And I think when you just looked at him uh, in that moment, and as players, you had no choice. Here was the guy who was who was giving everything uh, on the pitch, uh, and he suffered a little bit uh, off of the pitch. Uh, that he has a baby mid-season, he's not sleeping. Um, but he's still putting in over a thousand uh, meters of high intensity runs and sprints. So I think everyone else has to follow suit. They have no choice. And he did say in the media day press conference the day before a bit of a challenge to some of his teammates where he said, it's time for some other players to step up and have big games. And, um, boy, was he right. Uh, Benny Buddy Banger and Tristan Borges, uh, got the call and they stood again. Uh, it was, it was that kind of game, wasn't it, Bobby, in terms of needing players to have those big moments. Uh, the one thing we've learned, and uh, obviously this wasn't our first final or first big game as a club, but big players come up in big games. Um, that's happened year after year. Uh, and I think I said it to you at, uh, in post-game interview, we've seen three excellent goals from three excellent players in this league. And uh, you need big-time players for this game. Uh, and sometimes uh, they can be excellent in the season, and, and sometimes they may not have the best season, but it's about moments. Uh, games like this are about moments and if you have players of moments you make sure those players are on the pitch you make sure those players are on the pitch as, uh, as long as possible because in that moment uh, they can provide brilliance and uh, our two guys provided absolute brilliance you know Benny's goal is is something that he has you know it's not something that hey he took the shot once uh, if you see him through his career and also in a short time here he, he's shown that and yeah Borges uh, knew what he needed to do on those set pieces. If uh, anyone's fooling themselves that he's not trying to score a goal, um, that's exactly what he's trying to do. You know, whether it goes in or not, you never know. Uh, in that situation, it worked out. Bobby, I've spent a long time talking to the players about asking what you mean to them. Um, what do they mean to you? Yeah, everything. Uh, you know, we can sit here and talk about the coach, but the coach... Uh, has to go out there and uh, and be amongst a group of players who have uh, an energy and a desire to come out each and every day and first and foremost to try and get better um, to be challenged um, and that's what I love about this group you know they come out to training every day uh, and they want to be challenged they don't just want to go through the motions um, they give me as a coach life every day 
uh, and that's important uh, because as they develop, we have to develop uh, as coaches as well. Uh, and in the end of the game, and the end of the day, you know, the sport, it's about players. It's about what they're doing on the pitch, what they're executing. Because you know what, as coaches, we have all these uh, beautiful, elaborate plans, and sometimes they don't make a difference in the end. Um, so, you know, it's uh, we guide them, uh, we try and do all the right stuff, and uh, I'm sure the guys will, will tell you about uh, what I do in the, in the background uh, with them, both on and off the pitch. But, you know, they're family to me. It's the way I always talk about the players. You know, you play with, for me, you know, one day, two years, five years, you're family for life. You know, it's not only about the field, but it's also about off the field. We're going to be here a lot longer than just being involved in football. And I think that's the most important thing that they give me. They give me an extended family um, on the pitch and, and off the pitch. And I'm always proud to see their, their achievements here and beyond. Incredibly well said. Again, uh, just emotional words, you know, extended family doesn't get any stronger than that, that word family. Bobby, um, you know, it's an emotional night for me. Uh, I'm going to admit I'm a pretty emotional guy, but, you know, watching some of the scenes, you know, we don't root for a certain player. We just root for the game, right, and the images. And um, I don't have a lot of sleep late, the last couple of days like you, and I've been watching a lot of the images and putting a, get a lot of content together for this show and a lot. But, you know, just the bus ride to see the fans when you arrive, the emotions, people in the seats so early, the singing, the ability, the smoke, the gorgeous goal, the crowd reaction. Um, I, am I right to say that this is beyond any of our expectations five years in into this wonderful league, but just speaks to just how incredibly important this sport is to this community in this country? I've always said, you know, as a person, I think big. Uh, and you always think that these uh, moments are coming. And of course, they're going to come. And it's, it's a fantastic uh, whole spectacle for the league. Uh, and I'll take it to... Uh, a little bit further, I've had a lot of calls, especially today. I guess people stayed away from calling me yesterday, but a lot of calls from colleagues overseas who took in the game and, uh, you know, take the game away and the brilliance of what occurred. Um, for them, it was uh, the production, everything around it, uh, everything that had to do with the game from pregame um, to postgame to all of your interviews and everything. And I can tell you the, the reviews have been fantastic. And that's what we need. Um, because, uh, KJ, as I've said, uh, me and you will be here now another five years, maybe not. Um, but this league is going to be around for a long time. And it's moments like this that push the league forward um, much quicker than we all wanted to, or not wanted, much quicker than, it's, uh, than it should be. And, uh, of course, it, it should be going this quick. And that's a measure of it. No different than it's a measure of what you do on continental stage. It tells you where your league is at. But also what people around the world are, are talking about. And I think we've put on a fantastic show, not only in this final, but I think in this whole season. Yeah, very well said, Bobby. I got a lot of things I'd love to talk to you about, but now's not the time. I know you've got a trophy presentation and more fans coming up this week in Tim Hortons Field. I want to talk to you about CONCACAF and your future and all of that. We'll do that another time because I want to end what you just said there as, as a beautiful words as well. So again, thank you so much for everything you've done in this league so far. Congratulations, as I said on Saturday. Uh, these things are unique, and to win four in five years is truly remarkable. Congratulations to you and your family as well, because I know they play a big part in this, Bobby. Thank you very much, KJ. Appreciate Bobby Sminiels is joining us here live on the show. With more some, from, with more reaction, we'll go back to Tim Hortons Field. Here's an interview with Kyle Becker. I'm with skipper Kyle Becker. Buddy, you did it again. How does this feel? It's unbelievable to do it here at home, to be the first team to do it at home. To be against Calgary, I think it was special. I think it's great for the league. But I'm just so happy for our fans, man. 
you love this sport. You and I have spent hours talking about it. Have you ever seen a game like that? And if not, what was that like to be a part of in that extra time? It's fascinating, really. It's crazy. It's, it seems ridiculous to say, like, them scoring, I think, was the best thing for us. We obviously had to go for it now. Stop being so cagey. We couldn't, we couldn't just sit back and all that, like, the tension was gone. We had to go. It was the best thing for us. And we went. The boys played a little more free. We saw the game opened up. Credit to Benny and Borges, man. A little bit of, a little bit of luck in a final. It's unbelievable. You just answered my next question, but I'll phrase it like this. The mentality, because when you went down a goal, it didn't look like that you thought you'd lost. Which is great. I, I mean, the credit to the fans here. They were loud. They were, they were making noise all night, and we knew we had to go out. We had to fight. A few weeks ago, I don't know who remembers, we were playing our last home game here against Ottawa. And I think it left a little bit of a sour taste in everybody's mouth that we were kind of just calm with that 1-0 win at home. We understand, yeah, it's for the standings, but the, the city here, they deserve more than that. We know we have to go out. We have to put a shift in for them, and they're going to respect us for that. So there was no there was no question. We couldn't quit. Obviously, it's a final, too. You have to leave everything on the table, but we knew for them we had to go. Last one for you. There's nothing more special for me than covering winners because I know what that's like. But what was that like for you to lift that trophy here in the center of that pitch that's meant so much to you in this city? It's been a weird year. There's a lot of ups and downs. We talked about it a lot leading up to this game. I mean, for, for better or for worse, we just kept going. We just kept going. And that's what it was. So credit to the fucking boys, you know what I mean? He just kept going. And as Bobby Smirniotis tells us, he was also injured uh, as well. That says a lot about uh, the captain of the Mentality Monsters. Uh, someone who just keeps going and keeps me going every day is my next guest, my last guest, the best guest, uh, Mr. Jordan Wilson. We've had views from all across the stadium that night. We've had Adam Jenkins on. We've had Mackenzie Barwell. We've heard from the players, the coaches, the journalists. Um, uh, the analyst and the ex-player point of view, I'd love to speak to you about for the next 10 minutes, my friend. I'll, I'll start with this, though. How will you remember Saturday night? I mean, I think it was a momentous occasion, KJ. I, for many for many reasons. Look, you had two heavyweights going at it, as I've been saying for the past two weeks. Um, it was a, a feel-good story no matter how it ended, right? With Calvary obviously winning the double, the way they had a turnaround this season, and just so many bodies that were willing to... To, to give to the cause, right? And they, there was belief in that squad, as you alluded to countless times throughout the season. But then with Forge as well, it's just like that you can be down, but you can never be out mentality. Like, it's just something about them. Hence why I chose them to, to win in the predictions. Even though everything is Calvary, like you have every reason to believe in Calvary. This was just a Forge team that time and time again, when their back's against the wall, they always produce some quality in the nick of time. So I think also in a broader sense, KJ, this is just a big time for the league. I mean, obviously there's certain there's certain numbers that mean a lot, three, five, seven, ten. Like this five-year mark, it's just games were so crucial, were better than ever. The final, yeah, the first 90 minutes were maybe just for the football lovers because it was a bit cagey and a bit stagnant. But if you talk about the quality of goals, Moosey's goal, 10 out of 10 class, Benny Badabanga, only certain players could do that. The Olympico to end it all. Like this match and what this league represents is just exciting. And, and even Gareth Wheeler and I were talking about it. It's obviously we're Canadian and we're privileged and we watch this league and we love footy. But if you didn't know about this league and you even just watched this final, mm -hmm. you would be hooked. Like these are amazing games. These are so close. 
uh, games and, and everything's at stake right now. So it's just beautiful. I think Saturday, just watching it and taking it all in, it was just great to see how far we've come. And it's only year five. Like, I just think about the quality of football in five years' time. Um, it's remarkable. It really is. Uh, we're going to get to Calgary's side in a second. Let's finish one more on Hamilton's side, and that's particularly in the Forge dressing. We just heard from him, the man himself, Kyle Becker, a player that you've played a lot against and go back a long way as well. Um, it's now come out from Bobby Smuniota's interview with me that he was injured uh, for a lot of the parts of the season. Um, when it's long stretches, he was also probably the best player of the season. Uh, what does it say about him and what can you tell us about him that maybe hasn't been said that you know or that we shouldn't take for granted being a player that's played against him? I mean, there's a couple of things and they're, they're going to be cliches, but I think they're 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 appropriate to say. Uh, class is permanent. Like a player like Kyle Becker can perform, maybe being injured, maybe being at 70, 80 percent because he's always prepared. Um, the way he looks after his body, but also just like if you if you really want to see master class in the midfield, Never receives the ball and doesn't check his shoulder. Knows what's around him. Yeah, he might have a little giveaway here and there, but then he's like at least working to win it back, right? So I think with Kyle, he's always been a talent, but now he like leads by example. And it's, it's, it's very nice to see because there aren't many players that like modify their game, right? If you're just a guy who's a talent and, you're, and you play well, that's usually it. it it's, you've seen Kyle Becker year in and year out like grow into a role. And even playing against him and now watching him, you see him like perfect that and the respect that he has with Borges. We were just on One Nation today chatting with Borges and just like the respect he has for his captain on um, the way they look up to him, the way they look to him in, in times of like, in times of need and he, and he steps up. And I think also too, um, I've said this before in a York press conference, but like the wounded deer leaps the highest. Like when you're hit, you really got to dig deep. Yeah, your body might be failing, but then that's the, the mentality and the drive and the hunger and the, and the love. And for me, if you look at this Ford side, they do not make it to this stage, the finals and winning without Kyle Becker being his best self throughout the season. That is a fact. I've watched every game, nearly all of them. Yeah. And he was the guy to step up in big moments. And it's sometimes, KJ, it's not about like if you score or the assist. It's when you get scored on and who's the first guy clapping and, and picking guys' heads up and making sure that everyone's roaring in the same direction. And that's been Kyle Becker. So I'm not putting anything out there. I really hope we can see him play for another season two, three. Um, but he was just masterclass this season. Yeah, masterclass. Class is permanent, as you said. And whether he was the best player in 2023 or the most informed player in 2023, it's all up to debate. We all had our votes different, but he is the best player. Um, and, and that's just down to how much work he's been putting in uh, over the last few years, undoubtedly. Uh, stay right there. I want to ask you about the other side, but before we do, let's go back to Tim Hortonsfield and get some player reaction. Here's what midfielder Charlie Trafford had to say about this from Cavalry's point of view. Um, I don't know. Again, like two worldly goals, you can call them almost, you know what I mean? The board just scores from a corner, goes straight in, like... Yeah, you can't, you know, in shock that that, go, that, that goes. And then Barry Manga with an unbelievable finish. Maybe that one, maybe there's, we're upset a little bit at ourselves for, yeah, letting the corner go short. But beyond that, I thought we were pretty comfortable on corners. We've, like you said, we've been so solid defensively and offensively. I, you know, again, I never expected us to concede like that and to concede two from outside of the box, even, you know, not even in like the danger zone for us. So, I, I, yeah, it's tough to talk through right now. I don't. It's a bit sour taste for it, but 
I'll need to to watch it back and and really analyze it. But yeah, I can't, what can I what can I say? Two unbelievable goals. Every credit for him to step up and try and say something. We've had a lot of words on this show: shock, disbelief. They were rocked. Um, Jordan, if you were playing on that team and I was to ask you now how you would feel two days later, how how would you feel? How would you feel as a player who just had to go through something like that? I mean, Tommy Wilden Jr. said it. Um, gobsmacked is a great word, but I think stunned, right? I, I also think it's a bit, yeah, like disbelief in terms of how quickly that rug was just taken from under them because I said in the beginning of the season that if Ali Musi or if you can keep Camargo healthy, if you just, the players that need to step up do, that they'll be there at the end of the season. And look, this is no fault of Calvary. They they were there. Musi stepped up and you saw it in the fashion, the way he struck that ball and scored that goal and the way he was, he was, he was the bright spark of the night in terms of the first 90 and even going into extra time. Just, he was relentless. He was focused. He was confident. And their team, Calvary, they played well. Um, but then I, I would be remiss not to mention the the other captain for for Jeff C and Kyle Becker match day one said it's all about the details and the details of sending two out for a corner for Calvary or having someone on the back post when you know Forge like to the overload that front post area and they've done that for years right just whipping a ball and they have the players that could do that it came down to those details that. That will sting. I think Calvary, in the broad sense and context, should be very proud of the season. But you can't even say that. I can't even text Tommy. I can't say that right now because that is such a bitter pill to swallow. In the broader sense, you're like, yeah, you've done so well this season. But right now, I, I wouldn't have any words if I was playing. I, I, I would literally hug a few teammates and said we've made huge strides this season. But no one wants to hear that right now. No, <laughs> because you're there. You're right there. It wasn't like it was nil nil going into pens and you lost. You were actually winning and you felt that belief. And you're looking at the time and you're like, maybe they score a goal, but you're not thinking that they scored two. Um, so this is just a bitter pill to swallow if you're a Calgary fan. It is. And it brings up the next point that I want to finish off with you is that we're in this fork in the road now in five years of the Canadian Premier League where we have a regular season champion and we have a CPL North Star Cup champion and only time and footballers will tell us which one's more important. So there we were in the press conference on Friday with the regular season champions saying, we've accomplished what we want to do. This is a bonus. And then they go and play a game like that that didn't look like it was a bonus because you could see how they celebrated when they took the lead. Then they get their, rip, their hearts ripped out of them and their reaction isn't because it was a bonus. It wasn't, in the end, it wasn't a bonus at all, Jordan, as we got to see and the game showed us that. So here we are five years in really celebrating two moments of monumental success and heartache at the same time. And that's only a good thing unless you're on the wrong end of it, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. I think also what just just what what comes to mind when I think about this season is Calgary were dominant for the majority of the season and had a fantastic season by finishing 13 points ahead of any other team. But the lasting impression everyone will think about and everyone will think about 2023 will be Tristan Borges Olympico and standing to the fans, Bobby nearly crying and and going like this to the fans. It's imprinted in my mind. This is what we'll think about. And I think, KJ, what we'll see is that the regular season is so, so important because that's 28 games where you perform. But that lasting impression, that last stamp on the season, 
right? Even seeing you and, and the CPL staff, everyone's like, it was a good season because that's the end of it. It's come mm -hmm. to an end and you remember Orange, you remember Forge, even though this is nothing to take away Calvary of this season and they've made huge strides, but it's just natural how the mind and the body work. We just remember the last bit and the last bit was Forge coming clutch again in the last bit of a, of a yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the way it should be. You know, ultimately, the sport around the world will reward the ones who conquer the most over the league table. But here in North America, as we try to celebrate and showcase a league and sell a league, people are used to playoffs and finals, right? And showcasing a champion. So maybe we've got the traditional side, let's call it 40% right now. And congratulations on a. And then you've got the 60%, right? And maybe over the years that might get closer. It might get longer. I don't know. We can't predict that, Jordan. But maybe this is what the Canadian Premier League got right. Just the ability to celebrate. I would not want 100 and zero either way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very true. No, I agree with you, KJ. I agree with you. I just love that this too, personally. I right. mean, I think that's a great addition. Uh, whoever came up with the format for playoffs as well, he he deserves a raise and a hug because that that is... He or she, sorry, deserves a raise or a hug. But no, it's been it's been phenomenal games and just excited now for a Conquer Conquer Champions Cup next season because I think there are very two qualified teams that have depth and talent. And also just to put the Conquer Cavs on stamp because there's Canadian Premier League, there's talent here, there are teams that are ready. I just hope both of them go out and show it next season. Let's do it. We'll be there covering it in February on the home for Canadian soccer, the ones who care the most, uh, one soccer. Um, listen, mate, it's been an absolute joy. Uh, you made the decision to step aside from the field and join us in the broadcast, and uh, we are way better for it. As I said to Adam, uh, you, Gareth, Adam, Andy, everybody else who's covering this league uh, this year, you deserve a tremendous amount of credit taking this league to another level. So hopefully you get a bit of downtime as well soon, my friend. But thanks so much for everything, that, the class that you brought to the to the league this year. Thank you, KJ, man. I look up to you, brother. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you too, the great Jordan Wilson. And so that is a wrap. What a night it was on Saturday, the last Saturday in October of 2023. The last game, 117 and the last missing piece finally secured for Forge in an era of dominance by winning at home in the great city of Hamilton, Ontario. The last game of a fantastic playoff series as well, where we had five games, all of meaning and of great emotion. And we leave you today with a reflection on the 2023 Canadian Premier League playoffs. Good night.
Oh! <laughs> 